Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Hey, Aaron, I have a question. What's up? Do you like chicken pot pies? Oh, <laughs> that is not at all what I thought you were going to ask. <laughs> um, actually, I do. I do like a good chicken pot pie. Me too. Me too. That was what my dinner was. That's why I was oh, asking. Okay. Some people don't like like pot pies, and I don't understand. Because it's, it's just like good comfort food to me. I don't know. Maybe it's a southern thing. I don't know. Yeah, know. it's definitely a southern thing. It might be the veggies in it that people don't like. Oh, I love veggies. I, I do. I will admit, I don't love peas. Like okay, peas, peas are not my favorite. I'm not a big pea fan. So but... yeah, I could do with that. Like if you could make me a chicken pot pie without any peas in it, that would be. The I best. could totally do that. I could totally so. do that. Oh my gosh, there's been some news. I mean, not that much. So. Let's just briefly kind of touch on the Mandalorian trailer. I got chills. I've only watched it like twice, but I got chills. And then there was this moment where I was like, is that Sasha Banks? And I was like, wait, she's in this? I had, I don't even know who she is. Oh, my God. Because I'm not a f- I'm, I mean, now I do. I looked it up and I was like, okay, like I could see why some people know who she is and other people would have no idea mm-hmm. i'm not i don't follow wwe or any of that stuff so i, I she meant nothing to me uh, well i just kind of i thought it was kind of cool but baby yoda has some really cool moments in the trailer like there's the one where things are about to get messy and he like closes his own little crib thing <laughs> he's like and shutting my eye <laughs> that has to be the standout moment in the whole trailer <laughs> For me, at least. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. We still have a, I don't know, a month until we're getting it, but. Pretty soon. It's coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the first season was great, and I have no reason to believe the second season won't also be great. Yeah, it's true. There's we tons have no of rumors, reason. but who knows no, what to I know. I, I haven't really paid attention to them, so you know yeah me neither i kind of take them for what they are they're just rumors other people i'm talking to are already acting like they're fact you know some of these returning characters and stuff but we'll see oh yeah oh those yeah no i i just kind of like in one ear out the other i've got other stuff to worry about these days (laughs) now on our last episode we talked a little bit about celebration and that you would have been at Celebration, and we got an announcement, I think it was yesterday, or like the day before, or today, I don't remember what day it was, honestly, because my days all run together, it seems like they do, (laughs) but D23 Expo announced that it will be held September 9th through September 11th of 2022, at the Anaheim Convention Center. And if you pay attention to the dates, it's only like three weeks away from the dates that were announced for Star Wars Celebration. So it's only like three weeks after. And 
that, when I saw those dates, I went, wait, what? And it doesn't make sense to me of why they would have it back to back like that. I mean, other than like, if the parks are open at that point, which I mean, God willing, I hope they are, but I don't know. I just don't. I don't think that Star Wars Celebration is going to stay in the spot it has been slotted. I think it's going to shift back to 2023 because of just everything. So I think that Celebration is going to get moved. I know you don't agree, but I just don't see. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, it's not that I don't agree. I can totally see your logic. I just don't. I think it's too early to tell and I think the fact that they intentionally moved it to that date for Star Wars Celebration and then it's not like D23 didn't know when Star Star Wars Celebration was happening so it could be an intentional thing where maybe they you know if they already kind of have the convention center set up a certain way and they can kind of reuse some of the stuff but yeah, yeah, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't. I think D twenty three takes precedence because I think Disney pretty much owns that convention center, and they're celebrating the hundredth year of the Walt Disney Company. So I think that they're gonna say, okay, well, we need this time. So Star Wars Celebration, peace out. <laughs> but go Move here. Again. Yeah, Move I again. mean the fact that it's already been moved once. I don't know. I feel like they're going to try to make it happen on the date that they announced. Well, but... I will say this. If this does happen the way that it's going down, I won't be going to D23 Expo or Star Wars Celebration anytime. Uh, and all my friends that are listening that I see at conventions, if you are listening to this, I won't ever see you in person again, probably. So Just... have a nice life. <laughs> because... This time period is a no-go for me. Yeah, conventions in general, I think, no-go. are going to be different. And just it's just a new world right now. And I think I already saw stuff about, I guess, there's an L.A. convention that's just announced that they're going to still be, you know, they're still going to do it. What? And, yeah, like L.A. Comic Con or something. I just saw it today. That they announced that they're going to do it. and This year? I didn't see what the dates were, but I just know they're coming under a lot of criticism. Oh, well, so, if it's this year, then good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, I just think it's it's going to be interesting to see even when they do start doing conventions again, how many people are comfortable going back. And if just this whole, if they've been gone long enough, will the demand for them still be as, as big? Uh, or will people kind of be like, oh, I don't know, I kind of like the whole virtual thing or... Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting thing that you came up. I mean, we can always talk about this at a later date and how we feel, but I kind of do like the virtual con thing. Um, I definitely miss in-person conventions, but I'm right along there with what you were saying of feeling comfortable. I just don't know. I don't know how I personally feel yet if I would be comfortable going back. So it's not because... Like, I wouldn't be safe myself. It's purely because I just don't trust other people. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I guess it just depends on the state of the world and if we get the pandemic under control or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? It's too, yeah. Who knows? We're still in the middle of the whole thing, I think. 
I know I've canceled a Disney trip. You're still thinking about going on a Disney trip, which I mean, you have heard the news from Florida, right? Um, so yeah. Hey, it's just yep. I'm just keeping an eye on everything. <laughs> it's we'll the see. only thing you can really do right yep. now. So we do have a book we are covering today. There's not really any news or anything that's been going around or nothing really to talk about that I can think of. But we are going to be reviewing Poe Dameron Freefall by Alex Segura. Yes. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and give our spoiler warning right now. We will be talking all things about the book, so if you haven't read it, now is a good time to shut us off and then come back after you've read the book. If you don't plan on reading the book and you just want to hear what we think about it, then hey, what's up? <laughs> Hang out. Grab a cup of coffee Stick or uh, whatever you do, drink and uh, enjoy. All right, Poe Dameron Freefall. This one is publisher Disney Lucasfilm Press. It was released August 4th, 2020. And the publisher summary is, Poe Dameron has always wanted to fly. His mother, Shara Bay, who was an X or an A-wing, not X-wing, A-wing pilot for the rebellion against the Empire, was more than happy to show her son everything she knew about flying. But she died an untimely death, and Poe was left alone with his father, Kess Dameron, who struggles with grief and a desire to keep his son safe. Now 16, Poe wants nothing more than to leave his home on the quiet moon of Yavin 4 to find adventure in the wider galaxy. Well, his father wants nothing more than for him to stay put. So when a group of smugglers offer Poe a job piloting them off-world, it feels like an opportunity he can't refuse. And by the time he finds out the smugglers are actually part of the fearsome criminal enterprise called the Spice Runners of Kajimi, Poe is already in deep. His burgeoning friendship, and perhaps more, with one young Spice Runner, Zori, is even more incentive for Poe to stick around. But is this the life he's meant to have? Is it even the life he wants? With danger closing in, Poe will have to figure out where he stands and what he stands for. So that's the whole book. Uh, congratulations, you've read it. No, there's Goodbye. some pretty big <laughs> twists and turns, Teresa. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you were reading that, and I was like, wait, like that's like everything. <laughs> I mean, no, of course, there's a bunch of details that are missing. But Is still. it bad? Okay, let me admit something right here. Okay. Because. <laughs> Did you I, not read the book? No, I read it. I, I, well, yeah, I read it. And. What does that mean? Well. Well, I didn't want to like give away my my thoughts too oh, early, okay. but I read it, and when it got to the point where Zori showed up, I was like, cool, Zori's in this book. Like oh it was a surprise, God. and then I now I'm like thinking she's in the publisher summary, she's on the cover. Like, yeah, did you not? So it was just I. It's I'm admitting that I should have not been surprised by the fact she showed up, but I actually kind of was. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, so I guess just general feelings on the book overall. Well, you did uh, audio, oh, right? Oh wait, yeah, that we should probably talk about that too. Um. So how did you read it? Did you do audio and book or hybrid? No. no? So I did 90% book. And I th okay. I did, I just listened to a little bit of the audio, but most of it was just reading the book. Okay. So I did 100% audio book. 
It's not very long, which is kind of nice. It was easy to get through. The narrator for the audiobook was really good. I have one minor complaint, but otherwise really good. I do have, for like the first time ever, I have a small complaint about the production of an audiobook. Okay. Which is weird because they're normally stellar. So like the production was was good. I mean, of course it was it was flawless, right? But the music choices are getting really old. They keep using Duel of the Fates when things get intense or they keep using they keep using the same music cues over and over and over in all the books that I've noticed recently like in the last couple at least and it's it's confusing because those music pieces are so tied to some of those moments in the films and I feel like they were out of place and especially in this one for some reason I feel like they were out of place there was some duel of the fates at some certain points and some other ones and I was like what a, hold on <laughs> like no like the, I get that that's like an intense song for an intense moment but pick something else it could uh, just be like audiobook fatigue because you've listened to so many of them at this point I don't think so because I really enjoyed it. Like, and I love listening to the books. I actually, like, I think I'm enjoying audiobooks in general more than anything, you know, more than reading books right now or have been for the past couple of years. I just noticed it. It, I noticed it. It took me out of the book, which it doesn't normally do that. So for me, I feel like there were some music choices in some certain areas that didn't flow very well for me. But otherwise and then my other nitpicky thing is the the narrator for the audiobook his poe voice was good but it was almost overly exaggerated in a lot of moments you know how oscar isaac like as poe he has this really brisk way of speaking but it's not always like that but i feel like every phrase was had that like really brisk sharp emphasis and i was like what can he talk normal like just a little normal <laughs> but his babu frick was awesome oh my god i he when that voice finally came on i was like because the whole time i've been been like please let bobby frick be in this please let bobby frick be in this and then he started talking like him and i just lost it i was like yeah it was so good. I didn't get to any Babu Frick part for the audiobook, so I, I can't really speak on that. Okay, well, I mean, you can just go to that chapter, like, yeah, now that you but... finished the book. But it was it was really good. So overall, I would give the audiobook, like, I don't know, like, a four out of five stars, I guess, just because of the music and, like, Poe's voice being kind of obnoxious at points. Not the entire time, just at points. Otherwise, it was really good. I did notice that it was a different voice uh, than we're typically used to. Yeah, hearing. it was. It wasn't I one needed... of the normal guys. No, no, it was not. Uh, so, what I... did you think about the bits of the audiobook you heard? 
not I mean I didn't really have a strong opinion other than I thought his Poe was a little off um, maybe because I'm used to hearing Poe in other books where he's done where you almost feel like you're listening to you know Oscar Isaac um, whereas this one it was obviously someone trying to do a Poe kind of younger Poe impression so I, I mean I didn't think any negative I didn't think negatively about that it was just kind of like it just didn't sound like Poe to me so but yeah overall I was kind of glad I didn't do the audiobook because I tend to prefer not doing them I I do them out of necessity but since I kind of had a little bit more time on this one I didn't have to really do audiobook yeah I I don't know I don't know I really like a good audiobook uh, the narrator was Sean Elias Reyes and overall he did a really, really good job. There was just some moments where the Poe Dameron voice felt a little bit forced. Otherwise it was good. And of course, I mean, you know, they do a wonderful job with the audiobooks for Star Wars. So me giving a knock about the music is like super nitpicky. I mean, that's just like, you know, right. it's yeah. just very, very entitled nitpicky that i get to listen to the audiobooks <laughs> so uh it probably won't bother anybody else to say well i will say i know we've talked about this before but i will i will continue to reinforce it the covers that disney lucasfilm yes. does are always My really gosh. solid and i like i like that they're picking like these kind of more vibrant colors and maybe going mm -hmm. against the norm it kind of stands out i really like that I love Phil Noto as an artist, so the fact yep. that he did the cover art, I really love. And um, I don't know, I like the little lightsaber logo they use on the bottom because it matches all the other Disney Lucasfilm books. So <laughs> I'm a fan. And I like that the cover is the cut. Like if you take off the dust jacket, it still looks exactly the same. So you can kind of, you know. And you that's something that. that that's something that Disney Lucasfilm Press does really, really well. And I love it. Yep. You know, and I feel like I'm like, hey, Del Rey, can you do this? <laughs> they, uh, they each have to have their own identity. And Del Rey's, I, you know, I know. they have some know. pretty cool covers, too. But I, I like, overall, I, I think I like how Disney does theirs a little better. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So overall, though, with the book, I mean, this falls strongly into my vibe of a Star Wars book. The yeah. books that I've really been enjoying. I mean, it's a teen YA book it's got you know that whole I don't know that YA vibe but not overly done in this one it wasn't overly done which is nice I know you would appreciate that uh and maybe that's because it's written by I mean I don't like using gender stereotypes but maybe it's written because it's written by a male versus a female that the any kind of sexualization of a relationship between two characters was a lot more subtle and in passing yeah it wasn't as in your face i don't know um but i enjoyed it and it actually kind of took me by surprise a few times when you know he would just casually mention that they they had kissed or that they or whatever i was like oh okay cool you know and i don't know i feel like his writing of the characters was really really good i feel like i really got to know and understand zori but within the framework of Poe's perspective. Like, you never really truly get to know her. You know, you just know her through the facade that she's showing Poe. So you know her through Poe's brain. Right. Um, And, 
he characterized Poe really well. Like, I think he really nailed him down to the point that I was thinking about the the sequel trilogy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I can kind of see, like, why, like, the Poe we see in the movies, like, like, they go together without directly being connected. Does it make sense? I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, it does seem like the same character. Right. You could You could see his character traits coming through and kind of a younger version of him that hasn't really kind of lived life yet and he's kind of going through those experiences that are going to shape him and i like how i mean i know i'm jumping like all the way to the end here but i like how the end of the book based on the decisions he made led Mm. him to where you know where he ends up and i thought that was they really did that really well where it didn't seem out of place it seemed like a natural progression it's like okay he kind of went through the whole adventure thing and tried the whole whatever to get away from home but then in the end he realized like his true place was was with the you know new republic and soon to be resistance mm-hmm. um but we got to talk about all the other stuff that leads to that well no we and, will but i mean i think it's re- fair i think it's fair to just go ahead and say what happens and oh yeah work. definitely and rewinding a little bit back to your comments on ya because for me ya is kind of hit or miss because of some of the elements that tend to be in ya books Mm-hmm. So you call it, you know, you read my mind. Um, we've done these reviews enough for you to kind of know what my reaction is going to be on some of this stuff, probably. <laughs> but I enjoyed the subtleties of it. I liked that there was kind of that romantic relationship with him and Zori, but it was subtle. I liked that there wasn't a love triangle. There wasn't another character that came in that he had to pick between or that she had to pick between. Um, you know, some of those typical things that you kind of see pop up in these YA novels. But there's no vampires or werewolves. No, no. That was the last book. We had vampires and werewolves in the last book. Oh, yeah, that's right, though. Uh, For real, though, we did. We did. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I, actually didn't mind the fact that it was YA because they kind of, uh, the author didn't really kind of lean into those things. Well, and I feel like it was just really well done overall. I mean... I will admit that you could probably eliminate about half of this book and you would still get the same story because there was definitely a lot of stuff that was sort of drawn out, you know, and felt like just extemporaneous stuff that we didn't necessarily need, you know, and there was a, there was there was areas where there was quite a bit of fluff. However, when, as a writer for myself, when I do write things, I am a big fluff writer, so I like the fluff. <laughs> um, but I always got criticized by my like teachers and my professors for that I did include a lot of extra fluff and I needed to trim the fluff. That's what they would say. Trim the fluff. I'm like, but I like the fluff. Well, I uh, think he, because he was with them for such a short amount of time, and we knew because of the movie that he, that he was with the Spice Runners and he was with Zori. Mm. So I think some of that fluff is just them establishing like he went on multiple missions he you know he was part of their crew when he when he ends up leaving it's kind of a big decision it wasn't something where he just was there for a month so i think they had to kind of tell you know multiple stories of different events that he went and did things with them so it could establish how yeah, long he was with them yeah i think so and i think it he it had to establish that he was stuck between essentially like two families 
in his mind. I mean, that's how I would feel as a 16 year old in that situation. I would, and he seems like a very Hufflepuff kind of person. Like he's a very loyal person, you know, and he's battling with himself as, you know, that whole wanting to grow up, wanting to have adventure, wanting to do things, wanting to fight for a cause, all these things. And his loyalty to his dad and to Yavin 4 and his loyalty now to Zori and the Spice Runners of Kijimi. Can I just say, you know, they could have just said the Spice Runners at some point instead of the Spice Runners of Kijimi. The Spice Runners of Kijimi. You know, it was like you had to have the whole title. I don't know. I there's a funny. lot of Spice Runners, but there's only one Spice Runners of Kijimi. I guess. So, okay. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I I feel like he was just super loyal, you know, and was struggling with that, like his loyalty versus his morality, which I feel like is a real, I think so, that's a real thing that a lot of us face growing up, just period, right? Like our morality, our sense of right and wrong, what we're willing to tolerate, what we're not you know how and we start to formulate those ideas for ourselves and the person that we're going to be as we grow up and he was doing it just in a very more like a much more very more that's not a thing much more high stakes kind of way right you know i mean i know that i'm not i mean although although if we want to relate this to real life like i do have students that do have to to figure out their morality versus their loyalty with family and stuff because family members are gang members or drug dealers or whatever, you know, like in real life. So that does really, really exist. It's not that it doesn't. It does. But, I mean, mean, it didn't for me, but it does. (laughs) And Poe is really trying to find himself, and he's, he's going through some things. You know, obviously he's lost his mother, which can have a huge impact on a teenager. And yeah. he's he's trying to find himself and be you know kind of find his own adventure to be a part of, but at the same time, you know he's a very rebellious teenager against his father, who seems like his father you know kind of has the best. It's not like his father is like this abusive father or kind of someone that he would have reasons to run from, but it's mm, more. I don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know the whole story, but at least well, from no, what was. I was trying. I was just saying because I have kind of a different opinion of his dad, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and maybe as maybe I don't know. Like I felt bad for his dad throughout most of the story uh, because of the way that Poe was treating him. Oh, and, see, I didn't. And so I maybe different life experiences. Maybe you know, kind of uh, can color that. But I, you know, I kind of was like I the whole rebellious teenager thing for me. Maybe it's the age I'm at or what, but it's kind of like okay. Like, come on, you know, but he... well, okay. But like, put yourself back in your shoes when you were that age, you were a rebellious teenager. I mean, we're friends. Like, you know, you were a rebellious teenager. It's not like you're the clean cut guy you are now. I mean, you need to think about it in that regard. Like his dad wasn't abusive. No, but his dad was hovering his dad was controlling. His dad was stifling him and for his own reasons. You know, Cus are couldn't let his grief go. Like, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get on the other side of it. And in a sense, he was being so 
controlling of his son, he was snuffing him out, which was pushing him away. I mean, I, I think we can all kind of relate to that. Uh, you know, I, when I think about this kind of thing, I think about the dynamic of my mom and I, and she was one of those people that she very much encouraged me to make my own mistakes and she let me explore and she let me, you know, kind of do all of those sort of things. She was never very like, if I wanted to do something, or I wanted to experiment with something. She wasn't going to just say no. You know what I mean? Like we had a really open dialogue kind of, kind of relationship versus some of my friends who their parents were just like, you know, no, 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 no. My mom was one of those people that if something was going on, I knew I could talk to her about it no matter what it was, you know? Yeah. It could be too. Like Kess Dameron has shown up in other stuff Hmm. and I liked in, in Shattered Empire. He's a lot younger. He's this really cool character. It's like, oh wow, this is like the father of Poe Dameron. This guy seems really awesome. Sheriff Bay was awesome. And then you see him here and he's, he's older. He's lost his wife. He now has a son who is kind of rebelling against him. I felt, I instantly felt sympathy for him. Maybe it's because um, you're a dad. And didn't want to, and that's probably part of it too. And I just didn't want to see him sad. <laughs> so and I think for you, you know, it's, it probably is. I mean, you are, you are a father, you have a son. You can probably see your son in Poe Dameron in ways and like not wanting to end up like Kess Dameron. I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm no, that's probably that. a good. That's probably a good read on it. I would say, as a father, and as my son starts to get older, I could see this type of dynamic, and it's like, oh man, like you know, well, you don't want to think back to how you were as a teenager when you were sixteen. All right, enough for therapy. Um, enough of what's... our therapy for today. But that's what I mean. That's why. Okay, this is case in point. This entire conversation we just had is one of the reasons that I love YA. Because they play with these particular themes. And I don't know, maybe I have a problem. Maybe I'm like trapped in, you know, when I was a teenager. And I actually enjoyed my teenagers, even though there was some really, you know, some really traumatizing things. But overall, I enjoyed my teenagers. But I love YA books. I love kind of like YA TV shows. And I literally work with this age group. <laughs> So I'm around these kids like this age group every day. So maybe that's part of it for me. But that's like this is the whole reason I love it. Look at all the fun conversations we just had anyway. Um, so the Spice run Runners of Kajimi. <laughs> one thing that stood out to me in this is I never thought of that organization probably because of how we only ever see Zori in um, Rise of Skywalker. We don't really see the rest of her crew. Now, in the novelization, they show us a few more people. I guess Bab Babu Frick's in her crew, too. So we see two of them. <laughs> we see two of them. And it, so I kind of saw them as like, oh, it's like a you know, Rogue One size crew of these people that call themselves the Spice Runners of Kajimi. I thought there was like six or seven of them. The fact that it's like this whole criminal organization is something that I did not. That's just not how my mind had kind of developed them. So when I'm reading this novel, I'm like, oh, this is different than what I thought. And who knows, maybe they don't, maybe they do get a lot smaller um, because of the events of this book. But it was definitely different. Now, were you confused 
at the beginning because her name was Zori Wynn and not Zori Bliss? And did that, like, when they revealed all of her connections to the Spice Runners of Kijimi, did that, was that a surprise to you or were you like, okay, yeah, I saw that coming? So the fact that her name was different didn't really stand out to me just because I figured it could be you know, Zori Bliss or Zori Wynn, you know, who knows, like these, these type of like characters tend to, you know, go under aliases. So I just thought it was just a name she was going by at that time. I never thought, you know, that they were trying to hide her real last name, anything like that. When they did reveal her mom, um, that actually was a surprise. I didn't think she would be, you know, kind of related to any kind of leadership in the group. I thought she was just kind of on the run and maybe trying to hide from people. So I originally thought that too. And then as it continued and there were all these little things like you have to save her, like we're going to, and when the, the, uh, oh my gosh, what is their name? They're in the force awakens. Um, the crew that was going to take her, uh, starts with a G I think. Um, anyway, when Guavian death, Guavian death gang, there we go when the Guavians were going to take her and like all this stuff, I started going, okay, all right, everybody stop, stop, hold, let's have a conversation. That's what I said with my brain. <laughs> I was like, clearly something's up here. Her last name isn't right. She seems like she's really important for some reason. And I said, she's got to be connected like deep. She's connected deep with this. And when she, cause, and she says stuff like, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Like you're way too passionate about this for it to just be like, you're running away or whatever. You know what I mean? And so when they finally did say that her mom, Zora, Ziva Bliss is the leader of the Spice Runners of Kijimi, I was like, eh, there it is. Right. There it is. And they describe her. So before they even say it's her mom, they start describing the helmet that Zori wears. And I'm like, wait, that's her helmet. And I'm like, oh, okay. I got it now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it makes sense. I sometimes I find myself when I read these books is I don't really try to or think too much about like trying to figure it out. It's more I kind of let the story just kind of like tell me what's happening. So That's tri- me too. That's usually me, but for some reason, and maybe it's just because I was like so invested because I really like Zori Bliss as a character from the movie. I really enjoyed the banter in the movie between Poe and Zori. And so I kind of have always wanted to know this story that we're getting right now, like about their relationship and where all of this even came from. And so I, maybe I was just a little too invested in it or something. <laughs> There's a lot revealed here. I mean, we don't know. We really don't learn anything about her in the oh. in the movie. And the amount that they give us about her in this book is actually a little surprising to me. Which is like, wow, they really... Because a lot of times they kind of stay away from some of these main characters because they don't want to fill in stuff because maybe they want to save it for other things. But I was like, oh, well, they really told us a lot about this time period and kind of what Poe was doing, what she was doing. And I I really like that because these characters matter. You know, right. they're they're big name characters that I can go watch a movie about and not just kind of random characters. I like that they were willing to kind of give us all this detail. And there was a lot of big things, I th- at least I thought, that happened in this book. Well, this... okay, but like here's one of my one of the frustrating things that I'm having with Star Wars right now, just in general, 
we get crazy good stories like we're getting in a lot of these books that are giving us these backstories for these characters that they've just casually tossed in a movie. And it's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, don't give me Zori Bliss in a movie with no context. And now I have to go and read a book to be able to figure it out. You know, like just as a Star Wars fan, right? I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky and you know, we're lucky. Like we read the books anyway. We're big readers. Like we would probably be reading them anyway. But the fact that, that like the best stories are being put in novel form to me seems like Star Wars is having a huge identity crisis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think I have the same feeling as you on this. I don't think the best stories are in the books. I still think the movies, you know, if I had to pick, you know, I'd definitely pick the stories that we got in the movies than the books, um, at least recently. Even in the sequel trilogy? I love the sequel trilogy. I mean, The I Last Jedi, I, I had my complaints, it. but overall, I, I kind of loved how it all went. So uh, maybe that's I a... I love the sequel. I mean, I love the movies. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that, but, like, don't you think that there that the movie is lacked overall in some storytelling. I think that it's typical star Wars. Mm. So maybe I'm used to it, but some of these characters like Zori, um, you know, she is kind of like a Lando Calrissian type character where we didn't get a ton of information about him either when he showed up, um, in the original trilogy. And, um, you could say the same for a lot of different characters, but I think that's kind of what star Wars has always been. You have kind of the main character, cast and then every once in a while characters will pop in but we don't get a ton of information but then that's the beauty of the expanded universe slash what we're getting now uh because it gives them that opportunity to fill in these backstories for just about every character i get that i just feel like they threw in a lot of unnecessary characters in the sequel trilogy that we really didn't need in there and it sort of amped up what I was expecting from the movies to just be kind of let down a little bit that there wasn't anything for those characters to really do. And then I'm getting it in the books, which I'm really, really grateful for. I just kind of wish it had been in the movie. Right. Yeah. And I could see what you mean as far as certain characters kind of seeming like they were just kind of thrown in there. I, Cause I Zori that. Bliss is cool as crap. She like is? if you're going to give me Zori Bliss in a movie, give me something. But they had you know? Poe and Ray and Finn and all and these other did. characters and they had to focus I know, on. But I know, and they still didn't really. <laughs> enough. <laughs> there wasn't enough. They just need to make, you know, four-hour movies, each one. Or, you know, like, why not? Like, why can't we do it like Marvel did? Like, why can't I have a Poe Dameron movie? Why can't I have... Well, like, I think if you know? Solo had done better, maybe. Oh, God. another conversation. Oh, my God. Hey, I liked solos, so I did I mean, too. But uh, <laughs> money speaks. I know, sadly. So where I feel like we got on such a rabbit trail. Um, why don't you? Because you mentioned it a couple of times. Why don't you start with talking about some of the things that you feel like were really big? So the big things for me were the surprises. Okay, like so what? the fact that you know, kind of her mom showing up mm-hmm. was a big deal. But they kind of right at that same time. You have the, you know, kind of the, the older character that had been kind of the de facto leader. We knew he was second in command. but he, Tommaso. He's, yeah, Tommaso. We had only seen him kind of as a leader up to that point. 
Um, in my head, he kind of looked like what's his name from The Force Awakens at the very beginning. Right. Yeah. In in my head, that's what I was seeing. I was... could see that. Yeah, he kind of had a similar look in my head. Um, but yeah, so when he she shows up and then she kills him. Mm. That was a big shocking moment for me. And then yeah, I she, was like, whoa. And then she orders the death of the droid. That pissed me off. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, this just got real. <laughs> like, I love Evie, whatever her name is. And I think it's purely because she was so like, you're not very nice. You know? And <laughs> she totally cops up to, I've learned a lot about backstabbing. <laughs> like, what? double crossing and it's like oh my god droid <laughs> <laughs> and the droid overall didn't stand out to me it was kind of you know your typical droid you know kind of quirky character uh, but it wasn't like a favorite character of mine but the fact oh, that they I liked her, kind of established I... her as a you know very sentient type character and then to have her killed that way and you know she comes back later only to be killed again but you know, in the moment, it seemed like, oh, wow, they just killed off two main characters and did a big reveal all within the same, like, three paragraphs. And I was just like, I love that. I love it when yeah. books kind of catch me off guard like that. And um, this book did it a couple times. I enjoyed that. And, I mean, it, that definitely did catch me off guard. And it kind of made me upset. Her voice was really good in the audiobook, so that could be part of it. But also, it made... With that specific droid, it made me think about how Poe interacts with C-3PO, and so it makes it kind of make sense, you know? Oh, yeah, and the fact that he, he said, kind of in this book, they established that he doesn't really like droids that much. Yeah. And so him kind of acting that way with Evie, and then later on when he's upset that she gets killed again, and she gets killed for real at the end, yeah. and he's really bothered by it. And he's kind of like, wait, I thought I didn't like droids. Like, he's got this inner dialogue going on. And I'm instantly thinking of, like, his interactions with BB-8. Because BB-8's, oh, like, his yeah. best bud. And he's kind of done this full, you know, he maybe is realizing, like, the value in these characters, even though they're droids. And now suddenly his little, like, his own, his best bud, BB-8, is kind of the next, probably, droid that he, he embraces. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, those are cool connections. Hmm. Oh, BB-8. They did do a light speed skipping. That was thing. so cool. That was cool because I'm like, oh, look at the tie-in, you know. So he's done it before. So it's not like he hasn't done it before. He's done it before. I did. I said something on Twitter about it, and somebody replied to me, and they said, oh, I think in the 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 guide for the movie, it says that Rose is the one that came up with light speed skipping. And so it would be an inconsistency, but I don't, I haven't looked it up to see if to fact check that, but I guess eh, it's, whatever he does it twice. Yeah. It's those type of little inconsistencies really don't bother me. If that's, no. you know, if that's true, that that's actually in the, the movie guide. Um, yeah, it doesn't really, who cares? Yeah, no, that was cool. I, I really like that. Okay. What else was big for you? I mean, that's kind of the bit, I mean, the end was was really cool i loved the way this book ends we'll talk about it because of just the how it leads into the, the action of him as he's kind of coming to that conclusion on what he wants to do and stay with them or not stay with them and him and zori have their their little kind of tiff and he he's wanting her to kind of want, like leave them i guess for him but she's not going to do that oh no she's not um and he 
so just all the action leading up to um, her, uh, what was her name, Ziva? Her mom brings together all the smugglers and pirates and kind of says, hey, we're going to do this thing. And But it was really a trap. And Poe's like, no, I'm not going to kill people in cold blood. And just how all of that escalated, and it went, it went really quick. The action was really well written. Yep. And then, you know, you have kind of that one-on-one battle between uh, Ziva and the the Republic. Um, uh, what was her name? Troon. Her last name yeah, is Troon. Yeah, Troon. New Republic Se- Security a woman she shows up and has that kind of one-on-one battle with her thinks that she wins ends up getting stabbed like all of that was just so cool and mm-hmm. had me kind of really like it was the page turner like i wasn't putting the book down at that point yeah no um, i agree it was i was locked in for all of that I'm like oh god <laughs> and i felt and so bad so for much her stuff happened at once it's like there's Poe betrays Zori. He knocks out Zori, and then he goes on this whole thing of trying to free all the, you know, the criminals. And then he starts attacking Ziva. And then, I mean, there was just there was like it was like barrage in your face, you know, boom, 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 boom. Right, and it still had those moments, you know, when she killed, um, when she killed Troon. I was just like, oh no, like she's not really dead. You know, because I just thought, because a lot of books will do that. They'll make you think somebody dies, but then they get to back to end time. And when Poe actually goes over to her as she's dying, he's like, you know, you're going to be fine. We're going to find a place, you know, we're going to find a way to get you out of here. But then in, he, in his mind, he's saying, there's no way she's going to live. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, she, you know, she kind of, you know, passes. And it's just like, I felt really bad for her. Like, I love it when a book is willing to kill characters. I know that sounds bad, but like, I like no, when characters I die. And so I like, I liked her as a character. I liked the droid as a character. I liked Tommaso, but I'm also happy they all died because that, that just right. It, it makes, makes you realize that they're willing to kill off these characters. So there's always that sense of danger. Yeah. I mean, it, it elevates the book. It makes it not as predictable. It makes it not as, I mean, if those characters hadn't died, you wouldn't get Poe's journey and how he starts to decide what he's going to do. One thing I will say about Troon, though, is I thought she could have been a little more developed. Oh, she was definitely a shallow character. Yeah, she There was wasn't kinda, a lot to her. They mentioned was... her a few times, like, oh, she's still chasing them. And she didn't really, I think they could have gone, they could have cut to her more often. Mm. and kind of establish like what she was doing uh to make her make her death a little bit more impactful because she did seem like a very non-important character by the time you get to the end oh yeah yeah it was more like an annoyance kind of character because you really could have probably gotten the whole story without her involvement you know right like i don't think you could have eliminated her from the book and it wouldn't have really made a difference yeah, her whole Nothing. purpose was just to be there to fight at the end, so there would be right. a distraction. Uh, I I, I was kind of hoping to see a, like a little bit of closure on Kess, mm-hmm. just because they didn't really ever go back to him. You don't really know what happens with him, or I mean, he got injured pretty bad, but yeah. I'm assuming he survived. Uh, so there was no. I do appreciate the fact that they kind of just ended the book you know, with, with Poe kind of on the run and they didn't really drag the ending out like a yeah. lot of books do. So I did appreciate that. 
but I felt like they could have at least given us like a scene with, with Kess, so we just kind of know what's going on with him. But I mean, we kind of get something, you Didn't know. We? He, well, he's he here's a certain senator. <laughs> oh yeah, we got the the Leia stuff. Yeah, the Leia stuff is good though. Was really good. Yeah, We're really well done. Yeah, I mean, overall, like this book really does. It's very Star Wars without it being just space battles. I mean, there is space, there's space battle stuff, but there's so much other things. So many, so I cannot talk. There's so much more to it, and I like that. And I like that it was easy to follow. You didn't get lost. You kind of always knew what was going on. You had a handle on the characters and where everybody was going and their connections. And, you know, I I enjoy a book when it's that way and it's not. I don't feel like I'm constantly going, wait, what? What? <laughs> right. Yeah. They didn't have they did have a little bit of kind of like you said, a little bit of space battle stuff, but it was very minimal and mm -hmm. they didn't get into a lot of the detail of it. Can I um, read? one of Leia's quotes here. Mm -hmm. I thought they did a really good job of writing her. Oh yeah. Even though she really doesn't, you know, she doesn't play a role in this book at all other than she just kind of shows up on a hollow feed at the end. But she has a really good quote here. It says, you cannot defeat evil once and consider yourself victorious. It is our duty as the new Republic to challenge evil when we see it, no matter how scarred or hurt we are from past conflicts. We either stand for what we believe in forever, without limit or qualification, with strength and bravery, or we shall fall to the same elements that crushed the Republic decades ago. And it's like, and then the next line after that says, Poe stood with a jolt, electrified by Organa's words. Like, she's so inspiring. Oh my gosh, I know. And it kind of brought him, you know, back, I think. I think so too. I mean, and I think... You know, I think he was pretty much made to fight the First Order. You know, I mean, that was that was essentially his purpose all along. And he just has to find his way there as the First Order is building and growing and you begin to get the resistance, you know? Yeah, and I love the fact that the him seeing her on the news is kind of what solidified his decision to go back and... And then him and her end up having such a close bond in the movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it just has that emotional kind of impact as you're reading this. Because you can see the seeds of it. He's never, at this point, I don't think has ever even met her. Right. Um, but he is inspired by her and ends up to be, to fight alongside of her. And Don't you kind of want a book now that like shows him, you know, becoming a part of the resistance and like the building of their relationship? Or is that just me? <laughs> I mean, they do that a little bit in um, Before the Awakening. I don't know yeah. if you read that. Yeah. But they do that one story. His story is kind of him kind of getting recruited in. It's a very short story, so it definitely doesn't get as deep as maybe a full novel would. But if anyone wants to look that one up, it's a, that's a pretty cool story that kind of continues this. Alrighty. So overall, you enjoyed it. I actually really, really like this book a lot. I've, How many bookworms would you give it? I'm just I've kidding. Bookworms. That's yeah. never going to work, is it? I'm never going to be able to get you to do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think on Goodreads, I'll probably give it four out of five stars. 
So but, four out of five bookworms. Which Got is it. pretty rare for me to even give a book four stars. So I would too. I'd give it I'd give it right there with you, like a four out of five bookworms. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, we I wanna do, do it. I like it. Okay, anyway. Well, uh let's see, what do we have coming up next? Thrawn, maybe? I think Thrawn is next. I think Thrawn. Yeah, so our next book will be Thrawn. Um, we'll have that for you guys next month. And if you want to talk to us in between shows, you can find us on Twitter. We're at SWBookworms. You can also email us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash StarWarsBookworms and you'll find our page. And if you search for Star Wars Bookworms on Facebook, you'll find our Facebook group where we talk all things Star Wars books and comics. And we would love to have you there. Just make sure you answer the questions when you request to join or we won't let you in. And please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us if it has the ability for you to review so that more people can find us. I am at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. And Erin is at AV Goins. So until next time. Keep on reading and may the force be with you. It helped that I liked pretty much all the characters involved. Big, yeah big fan really liked zori so it was cool i did i was a little surprised i guess i forgot to kind of mention this in the show but i was a little surprised at the end when she kind of was fighting her mom and she was mm. like okay like i'll i'll do what you want poe i'll go with you you just need to help me defeat her and he's like nah i'm not into it anymore <laughs> you know i was just like oh wow that that was unexpected i did expect her to kind of at least go against her mother enough to let him escape. Yeah. But I didn't think she would fully kind of turn on her mom to the point of saying, Hey, me, you and me, Poe, we could run this just us. If you help me defeat my mom. And that was a little more than I thought they were going to do with her. And you can see why when, when he shows back up in rise of Skywalker, like it's been a long time, right? Yeah. Probably like over 15 years since he's, she's seen him. Yeah. It's going to be a long time. She's like, you're lucky I don't shoot you in the face or whatever she says in the movie. And you're like, okay, now I can see why she's so, <laughs> she has so much animosity toward him. But it also it makes it really interesting that she's talking about getting off the planet and going away. Because if she is in charge... Or maybe the Spice Runners aren't anything by that time. Yeah, maybe they've kind of devolved maybe... into just a little crew at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's probably hard especially since they're occupied by the First Order at that point. Yeah. A little bonus content there. Bonus content. You're welcome. <laughs>